It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Ken loves talking about breaking mobility news, while Sasha loves sharing the latest in new technology. So ready or not, the opinionated duo with a futuristic twist, here's Ken and Sasha. Welcome to our number two of Roadworthy Drive, home of real facts, real opinions, and real talk. We're mobility geeks Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little coming at you with the kind of actionable information that regular listeners have come to expect from us. Glad you are in the number. This hour, I review the all-new 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe SUV while Sasha explores the latest in technology during her Tech with Sasha segment. Best you buckle in for the ride because it's going to be intense. You too can get involved with the show. Call or text us via the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793. Now, email is fine, too, if you want. Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net. Either way, get you hooked up with us. And speaking of hooked up, please say hi to my brash and bratty co-host, Sasha J. Little. Hello, hello. Hey, you. I am super excited about Tech with Sasha. I am also super miffed uh, about the vehicle that you um, are getting to... Uh, and, and why is that? To review, because I did not get a chance to uh, go over that vehicle, and it was a Hyundai, and it's actually the vehicle that I'm looking to possibly purchase for my family. Well, there. Well, I mean, not the T version, because, I mean, I don't need that, but... I, I do. I, I really do. <laughs> we'll talk about that, but I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, ki- ki- yeah. Kind of kind of need that. Just saying. I am just saying. I, I'm just saying. Speaking of Hyundai. Uh-huh. This is for you, Sasha. Of course it is, because everything is for me always. Well, here you go. (laughs) They've developed tech Uh that allows cars to be unlocked and started with just the smartphone. Now, this is different from uh, GM's OnStar, where you could query it and it would unlock the car. This one goes a step further. Uh, Okay. I, I hate to be the one to burst your little bubble here. Yeah. But when... I had a new vehicle. Uh-huh. I downloaded that manufacturer's app for uh-huh. my phone, uh-huh. and I was able to unlock and yeah. start my vehicle. S- sit tight. Okay. See, that's what I thought when I first read this. Uh-huh. Sit tight. I mean, I'm a little concerned. Sit tight. Considering that we just talked Hyundai about- Hyundai Motor Group has developed a digital key uh-huh. that enables drivers to unlock, start, and drive their car using a smartphone. As many as four people, now this is app downloaded, as many as four people can be authorized to use the digital key. It uses near-field communication to detect the digital key, that means your cell phone, when it's near a vehicle door unlocking it. When the vehicle's been unlocked, the driver places their phone on a wireless charging pad and then presses start button on their dashboard and the car can be driven (gasps) without any key okay yeah okay. i Let thought me, you were gonna need no, a moment no 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 my moment is uh and i'm just floating with this i have no data or research to substantiate my claim however what better way for hyundai to start the initial process of telling people to get off your cell phone than by instigating a feature that your phone has to be in the wireless charger place uh-huh. in order for the vehicle. Like, let's say let's say you take that, that digital key mm. out of that area. Mm. 
What would be awesome is if a warning said, hey, the digital key is not in place. Put it back in place in 20 seconds. But what, but what about Bluetooth? No, 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 no. Bluetooth would allow it to be anywhere. You're yeah, saying that the phone exactly. has to be in the wireless right. pad area. But my point is uh -huh. not everybody's holding the thing. And we've talked about here where uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said Bluetooth is almost as dangerous. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about people that are sending texts, checking oh, yeah. Facebook, right, and that kind of right. thing. Bluetooth phone conversations, while I understand, can be just as distracting. And we had this argument a couple years mm -hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. You're either talking to somebody via Bluetooth, you know, the wireless headset, or you're talking to your passenger. Either way could be a heated discussion that could lead to dangerous situations. Uh -huh. But I'm talking about the people that you've seen them, and if I had a penny for every single person that I saw. You could buy a Tesla? I could buy a Tesla. I could uh -huh. buy a Tesla for me. I could buy this Hyundai that you're going to be reviewing for my child. Uh -huh. I could buy a house uh -huh. in like five years. Let me take this a little further. I'm just saying. This technology. It's a lot of people. Also enables a vehicle to store the key holder's preferred settings, such as seat and mirror positions, yep. and automatically apply them when the key is used. Now, they said that the key could use Bluetooth low energy tech to carry out several features remotely, such as locking, unlocking, start a car's engine. Right. And these are things that we've talked about with an app other auto manufacturers have used. Yes. But I got a bunch of questions. Go ahead. Uh, like, for example. Security. Uh, low battery. Ah, no. It's damaged. Well, yeah. Uh, low battery before you could get it charged. What happens? Because uh, I've seen my wife do it and run that thing down. Well, gee, if... You know, can you use it and recharge it at the same time? Yes, because uh, it's what, on the wireless charging Yeah, but pad. what if you're down to 1%? You're not going to – usually they don't operate at that. You've got to wait till at least 5%. Then you know what? Use your key. You won't have one with this. They're going to phase keys out. There will not be a Then key. you know what? You're going to have to be responsible now, aren't ah, you? But what about a damaged phone? What about if you lose your phone? What if your phone is stolen? Then I guess, again, you just going to have to be responsible or what if you're like some people in the room, won't mention any names, <laughs> you don't own a smartphone. Maybe you can add, uh, maybe they'll make a physical key, like an added feature, like a manual transmission. Yeah. Oh my like goodness. a manual transmission. I just, I, yeah. I, I, can uh, you imagine that? Like instead of it being like manual transmission, it's going to be manual start device. And they're charge gonna, for like, it. And they're going to completely rename the key. It's not going to be called a key fob or a key. They're going to call it like a manual ignition starter or something and, like and that. And charge you $125 for it or <laughs> more. You. Yeah. I could, you know what? And the sad part is, folks, I see that coming. Let me, let me, let me change the subject. Okay. Uh, driverless electric bus. Yes. Volvo. Volvo. Yeah. Yes. And where? Singapore. Why is that important? Where was the first public use of an autonomous car? Where was it? Singapore. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is the Volvo 7900 electric bus, which was jointly developed by the Swedish automotive firm mm -hmm. together with Singapore's Nanyang Technical University. The researchers there will oversee the artificial intelligence developments of the vehicle. Now, this zero emissions vehicle, this is their numbers, will require 80% less energy than its diesel-powered counterparts. Ooh. It's going to use features like light detectors, 3D picture-taking, and have a location accuracy up to 
one centimeter. But electric vehicles aren't a thing, though, Ken. Uh, not. And I, and also, let me point out to you another thing: electric vehicles will never be as powerful as the combustion engine. All vehicles. I got for you, yeah. What is, you got is any diesel electric railroad locomotive built since no, the 1930s. No, no, no. We're not bringing facts into this. Let me just apparently, say that apparently. me and my truck, my diesel truck, my diesel bus, my you know, you don't it, it even own never, a truck. I, why are you bringing? Didn't I just say we're not bringing facts into this equation? Apparently, we electric are, vehicles will never be a uh, thing. We sir. are not in a world of alternative facts. I'm sorry, <laughs> not not. We are in a we are an alternative <laughs> fact free zone. <laughs> just so you know, um, oh. about four million people in Asia die each year to air pollution, and Ooh. it's a risk for an additional four billion people in oh. Asia alone. Oh. Now, with air quality being a key concern, yeah. they said that the usage of electric vehicles will help address the problem. Now, we've reported that, yeah. both in LA and some other places, where they're getting all the way for real, for real, yep. about eliminating diesel buses uh, as part of fleets. Yeah, they are not playing places around. Places like Chicago, yep. 2035, uh, L uh, California, not just LA, but California, but 2040. Yeah. They ain't playing, people. They're not playing around. Mm -hmm. Nope. And Volvo said, we want a piece of this. But electric's not a thing. In your mind. Uh, and will never be as powerful. Diesel electric as, railroad as, as engines. My, yeah. As my diesel vehicle. Park it. Ever. Park it. Just saying. Yeah, I know. It's, it's never going to be as powerful. With electric vehicles, uh -huh. you are addressing air quality right here, right now, in the city. Now, this autonomous bus uh -huh. will be tested within... The campus of the college, okay, which is modeled after real road conditions in Singapore. Nice. Okay. Now that's the good news, right? The bad news for all you electric fans out there will be timeline for rolling out the technology will be what they call a staggered approach that their quote will take some years. So, like two, uh, some years plural. Two is plural. Uh, some years. So, like you're saying four. I don't know. They did not say. They I mean, said their exact terms, I don't Sasha, know was some years. <sighs> you know, I, I, I don't understand the confusion here. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is we're making progress towards an electric future. Did they happen to say how they were going to charge them or how long they were they able to charge? They did not say all that. Because I saw that in my when I was going through my research, and I was curious as to, since it's a city bus, what their charge time, how many miles, they, they that kind didn't of get thing. into that. But okay. it's not just a city bus. Right. It's an autonomous electric city bus. Right. Food for thought. Yeah. Coming up, I take a spin in the 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe SUV, and that's next. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to America's premier mobility news and technology talk show, Roadworthy Drive. Ken and Sasha at the controls to make sure your ride with us is safe and comfortable. I got to say, I miss, 
I miss the songs of yeah. like the commercials. I miss like I miss the jingles. That's why that we used play to them. accompany my, my personal favorite though yeah. uh, is one actually for a, a sixty two Studebaker Arc. I know. I'm I think you know my favorite. Yeah, one. I do. The, yeah, you're gonna get us in trouble. You're gonna, man. you're gonna get us in trouble. I'm just saying. You are so good. I get mean, us in it trouble. was. It took sexism to, to a whole new level. level. Yeah. And I just this situation. No. Needs no. A man. Yes. Yeah. Different time. <laughs> I'm just early saying. 60s. Different time. <laughs> it yeah, let just... it go, Sasha. Please. <laughs> just yeah. Uh huh. Folks, speaking of safe and comfortable. I want to introduce you to the vehicle I drove a couple weeks ago. The one that I should have been able to drive. Yeah, again, felony. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hyundai likes me, though. I yeah. should have had a chance to do this you know, with and, wheels and of maybe, non-consent. And maybe the next time the you next will. The next time. You will. The next time. Well, uh, yes. I, I'm going to write time. them. I'm going to write the... them directly and be like, he had this vehicle that I was actually looking to purchase for my own family. Actually, I can give you the number of the head of PR. I will. And I'll be like, and he refused to let me have it. This is on him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Folks, named for the city of Santa Fe, New Mexico, Hyundai introduced the Santa Fe to American motorists in 2001. It's currently in its fourth generation, and the popular SUV last year sold 140,000 units, and it's slotted between the Tucson, which is the smaller one, and the all-new full-size 2020 Hyundai Palisade, which is kind of the twin. Uh, it's the twin to the Kia Telluride. Uh, it's big. In the automaker's lineup. Now, for 2019, Hyundai actually markets two versions of Santa Fe, and they've changed some things around a little bit. The five-passenger Santa Fe is now just known as the Santa Fe. In prior years, it was known as the Santa Fe Sport. And the seven-passenger long wheelbase uh, model is now considered the Santa Fe XL. So what you've got is the five-passenger Santa Fe and the seven-passenger long wheelbase Santa Fe XL. These are the two body styles in the Santa Fe group. We're going to just talk about the five-passenger Santa Fe. Now, this popular Santa Fe is off available in SE, SEL, SEL+, limited and ultimate trim levels, as well as front drive and all-wheel drive configurations. Base power is generated by a 2.4-liter four four-cylinder engine. The upmarket limited and ultimate trim levels have the option of being tricked out with an optional 2-liter four-cylinder turbo. I love that engine, let me tell you. The upmarket engine added 50 horsepower and 82 foot-pounds of torque uh, to, to the base, which is available at lower RPMs for even more power. Both the base engine and the upscale turbo engine are bolted to an 8-speed automatic with something they call down-rev shift matching, something I don't use because it's like the manual thing. Yeah, whatever. Fuel economy ranges from 22 city, 29 highway for the turbo. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. Fuel economy ranges from 22 city, 29 highway for the base engine with front-wheel drive to 19 city, 24 highway for the turbo motor with all-wheel drive. The base engine has a towing capacity of 2,000 pounds, while the turbo motor can pull up to 3,500. Here's what I liked about the Santa Fe. It's made in Montgomery, Alabama, USA. That's the United States of America. Second of all, I love the styling of this thing. It's gorgeous. It's clean and contemporary, aggressively handsome in a good way. The exterior of this SUV looks good from any angle. And with the optional turbo engine, the Santa Fe was a joy to drive. I loved driving this vehicle. It felt right. 
it handled well. It ran smooth. It was very responsive and easy to handle. And my personal favorite, it was easy to drive fast. It just felt right. Just, I mean, not every vehicle does. This one did. But please, please, please don't tell state police. Just saying. You got that, Sasha? Don't, don't, yeah. No. Don't please. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. Don't Ken. bust me out. I didn't get to drive it. So but, I can't say anything. Uh, but you rode in it. Uh, that's did. not the same thing. Uh, well, anyway, folks. As I turned green. Yes. Like the Grinch. Mm. Just saying. Inside the passenger cabin, it was roomy without feeling too big. Plenty of room to haul just about anything I need to take with me on a long trip. I could have easily driven the Santa Fe for thousands of miles at a sitting. The switch gear, the devices, switches and everything were easy to use and not confusing or hard to find if I have discovered with the number of vehicles I've driven recently. The Santa Fe also comes standard with much driver assistance technology that you would expect to find in more expensive vehicles. Now, combine that with Hyundai's killer warranty, <laughs> and I want one. Just saying. I want one, too, I which see. is why I wanted to drive it. Mm. Just because I actually have the persons and peoples. Uh-huh. Here's what I didn't like about it. I loved it, but the fuel economy. I mean, if Hyundai could do all that neat stuff they did for the fourth generation of Santa Fe, why couldn't they improve the fuel economy for the turbo? It's a turbo. Yeah, they could do better. I've seen turbos with better mileage. You need to stop. Hey, if it was closer to 30 miles of the gallon, I'd be all in. And the other issue was the price. I mean, now I realize the one I got to drive was a top-of-the-mind ultimate with the optional engine, but it wasn't all-wheel drive, and it was still an MSRP of $38,000. And that included the $980 destination charge and one option, carpeted floor mats. Everything else was standard. But having fussed, a bit of cool tech, Hyundai Standard Safe Exit Assist System. Back to the good stuff. The automaker Safe Exist Exit Assist, Safe Exit Assist, uses radar to detect cars approaching from the rear and costs passengers to looking to exit the vehicle. If a passenger attempts to open a car when the door, a car is approaching from behind, a visual and acoustic warning on a center cluster will alert the driver. Bottom line, drives well, handles well, has plenty of room for occupants and their stuff, looks good, and comes with that awesome Hyundai warranty. And here's a little extra. It is a 2019 Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Top Safety Pick Plus Vehicle. Meaning it's awesome. Can we talk about the fact that Hyundai alone is one of the top contributors to the uh, um, Childhood Cancer Association? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I covered that. That's why I love Hyundai. I, I love them because they make good cars. I, I love them because they are a great company, and they don't decide to flaunt when they decide to do something uh, nice for the community. Made in America. Yeah, I, can I can I get can I get some love I mean, for that? I, no, you could get a lot of love for that. Yeah, uh, Montgomery, Hyundai, Alabama. Hyundai as a company is a company that you want to put your money where your mouth is because they actually contribute back to the community in situations that actually help us as a whole. Hyundai also makes sure that their people that put their money to buy their products are safe on the road. Yeah, I'm all for that. And I should, probably should come in with some full disclosure. Mm, uh, I am recently, biased. Well, you may be, but I recently put my son-in-law and my daughter in new Hyundais, and they're both very happy. The base MSRP 
for the for the Santa Fe starts at twenty five five for the SE, up to thirty seven one hundred for the Ultimate. Get you some of that next when we come back. It's Tech with Sasha. Don't go anywhere. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive with Ken and Sasha. Glad you could make it. For those of you who want to know more about the show, check out our website, roadworthydrive.com. We have so much for you to discover. Absolutely. We have our podcasts are available on the website under the Listen tab. We have the time with Sasha that actually brings up the wheels of non-consent, which would be awesome if we could have added to that. We will in due time. Again, again, we have some legal things to work out. Just saying. The Hyundai Legal things to work out, Miss Sasha. Okay. Uh Just saying. And then uh, we also have the, you could find out where you could connect with us. We're available on Instagram Mm -hmm. and Twitter. And of course, make sure- Wait a minute, we we available on the Twitter? On the Twitter patient. On the Twitter. Yeah, we we be a Twitter patient. Oh my. And make sure that you like us on Facebook. There you go, folks. And the podcast. Obviously, the podcasts I said are available on the po- on our website, but yeah. you can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Spotify. Loving the Spotify. All day, every day. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, under threat of penalty of suspension by the suits if I don't introduce her, because they always <laughs> like her best. Yes. Here's Tech with Sasha. So, hello, folks. Last week, we were talking about the downside or what is possibly pulling uh, the 5G. This week, I wanted to go into, well, I wanted to do a show about the positives of 5G. Wait a minute. There are positives? There are positives. There are some wonderful things that this constant connectivity could actually bring us as a society and as a planet. Can I be a technology hater right now? You can be. I mean, it it, it comes as a... How much is too much? How much is actually too much? And it's a good thing that you asked that. But as per your instructions, I've got to go and explain what 5G is first. Might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In other words, put a pin in that. (laughs) Put a pin right in that. Okay. Okay. So we were talking about, you know, we've heard about 3G, 4G. For those of you that are getting cell phones right now because tax refund time came in. LTE, XYZ. ABC. 4G LTE is currently, well, as opposed to like November of last year, was the fastest that you could get. You wanted a 4G LTE connect uh, compatibility cell phone. Okay. Now there is 5G on the way. Uh, There are certain carriers in certain cities that they are saying, hey, we have 5G available. 5G gives you a download speed that is estimated to be anywhere from 10 to 50 times faster than 4G LTE. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you talking about, Willis? I'm just saying. Did you say 50 times? 50 times. Uh, Forget what I said about hating. Where do I sign up for this? (laughs) But do you want to? That constant, that ability to connect that instantaneously, Mm -hmm. does that come at a cost that you're willing to pay? Uh, we talking money? Kind of, but we're also talking about the fact that if things are available instantaneously, think of the information that can be streamed across and how, how will people interpret that? Are they actually, are we going to lose that face-to-face time that we normally would? 
Ooh, face to FaceTime? Face to FaceTime. Isn't that FaceTime? Ain't that a ain't that Facebook or something? Right, right. Facebook, which kind of tethers into mobility, and I want you to keep that FaceTime kind of in your mindset because I'm gonna go off into the weeds for a little bit, folks. Uh wait a minute. Wear a rope, so we'll pull you out <laughs> if we have to. So last night, after I had prettily prepared my tech with Sasha, I went to the news. And I went to the BBC um, app on you. my phone, right? Mm-hmm. And I came across a story that literally pulled at my heartstrings. Um, I had to fight with uh, with the suits, <clears throat> Ken, to actually wow. get this wow. on here. Why why is it busting me out like that? <laughs> but I really thought that it was important because yes, five G is amazing, and yes, it has the ability to give us this kind of connectivity that would allow maybe doctors or um, specialists or autonomous cars, autonomous cars, right? There's your mobility plug. Um, It would allow them in areas that not necessarily they would be available. It would allow technologies to advance in a way that they wouldn't become they wouldn't be available without that constant stream of information. That being said, um, there was a man in a hospital here in the United States. And I'm not gonna. Fra- I'm not afraid to say it. They were, he was in California, mm-hmm. and he was in there for a prior medical um, condition. Condition, and evidently the doctor that he was being seen under under chose a video link robot. Which I'm not sure if people have seen these. They almost look like that old '80s robot thing that uh, I forget what show it was in, where it comes in and there's like a screen for a face. And then that's how it's almost like Facebook on a ro- or FaceTime on a robot. I was thinking more like Alf, but right. <laughs> but it comes in there and it looks like you know something like off of ET or something, and it rolls in and it's got a face where the doctor's face will appear and he's going to be talking to the patient. Okay. Okay, I'm already creeped out. Uh, right. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. But he delivers news that should have been done in person. What did he say? He tells the man. That he will die. There's nothing else that they can do and that he will die in the next couple of days. Whoa, 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 whoa. In the next couple of days. Yes. Told him via. <laughs> told him via face, a video link. Basically glorified FaceTime. Glorified FaceTime, yeah. Didn't tell him in person. Did not tell him on person at all. Mm. Um, now his daughter was there um, and they posted, the family posted a picture of this robot who came in and delivered this news. Um, and rightfully the, the, the family was extremely upset mm-hmm. with how these, this news was given or delivered to them mm-hmm. in an already tragic time where their loved one was fighting, uh, this hospital, um, and, or, and, or this doctor, uh, hospital, if, felt if they work for the hospital, that this kind of news was perfectly acceptable to deliver Via electronically, as opposed to personally. And as someone, I love what technology can do for our society. I love what the benefits that can come from being able to connect with people and being able to reach and that knowledge being available to areas that it might not be. But this is one of those situations where it should not have been there. The technology to, you know, diagnose this man and to... You know, say, hey, there's nothing there. Absolutely. But to use that technology For to an deliver. End of, an end of life prognosis. Right. 
Yeah. That to me, it 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 hurt my heart. What did the hospital say? The hospital had the nerve to say that. Um, let me see if I could find it here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The policy or the the wife of the gentleman who died said that she was told by a nurse, "This is our policy. This is how we do things." Yeah, completely unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. They what did said, the hospital say? The hospital themselves said in a statement that its policy was to have a nurse or doctor in the room when remote consultations took place. Mm-hmm. The evening that the video televisit was a follow-up to an earlier physician visits. So did it, but here's the question. Did the physician in the first visit say this? No. Okay. This was the first time that this family okay, was delivered this news. But the hospital couldn't have been okay with that. The hospital says that we will use the opportunity to review how to improve patient experiences with televideo capabilities. So the big question, is this 5G technology a step too far in certain things? I think that humanity takes it a little too far. At last, folks, more tech with Sasha, of course. She has plenty more to share and can't wait till we return. We'll be right back. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. Welcome to our last segment for this hour. We are Ken and Sasha of Roadworthy Drive, the host with energy storage issues. <laughs> but we don't bring those issues to work. No. Just saying. Thank you for listening. Now, it's back to Tech with Sasha. Hello, hello. So after that little pull at your heartstrings, um, I did want to share with you some of the positives to 5G. Wait a minute. A- after, you, after you got us all emotional. <laughs> no, right. There's actually advantages to this evil, evil tech. I had to bring it up. I thought that it was it was a story that was buried. I mean, nobody else that I have seen in American media is actually covering what happened. Mm -hmm. I know I I, NPR, Mm -hmm. um, AP. I haven't seen it anywhere. BBC was the only place that I saw it. And I thought that people should be aware of what is happening and how far is too far. Fair enough. Okay. So anyway, there are some positives. Um, With the 5G, with that instant connection, um, they make a massive amounts of data quickly and will be a turning point to connectivity that the developers are waiting for. So when you're talking- Autonomous cars. Autonomous cars. But they're not a thing though. Uh, Right. They're not a thing. Just like electric cars. Just like electric cars. Yeah. And they'll never be as powerful as your combustion engine. Uh, yeah. Ever. Diesel electric <laughs> locomotive. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I always have to laugh at people that say that. Anyway, um, so my point is, is that with this kind of connectivity, it allows the kind of future that will make our roads safer. Um, let's talk about just autonomous cars for just a second, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right now, as it streams... Um, just so you understand, the amount of computer ca- control in a vehicle is horrifically inclusive. What does that mean? Okay, so a jetliner, a dr- Dreamliner jet, okay? Mm-hmm. Boeing. Okay, has about 60 or 6.5 million lines of code. A 787 Dreamliner. Mm. So, okay, now. Okay. In comparison, your Ford pickup 
This is a 2018, because mm-hmm. I don't know about 19, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. The 2018 Ford pickup has about 130 million lines of code. It has- What you talking about, Willis? Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. 6.8 million lines of code. 6.5. For a Boeing for 787 a jet- Dreamliner. Yes. Now, because maybe I misheard you, because, you know- <laughs> For a Ford F one fifty. Ford F one fifty. You're talking. Did you? Did you? A hundred and thirty million lines, lines of, of code. code. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about all the text that it takes, the truck also has about a hundred different chips. In the vehicle itself. I wonder itself, how many sensors it has. More than two miles of cable. Uh-huh. And are you ready for this? Come on with it. Are you ready for this? Bring it. And you gamer people are going to understand this. Ten different operating systems. Ah. Ten. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Different? Different operating systems. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 In, in the words of a dear joint friend of ours, <laughs> right? what, what could, could possibly, possibly go wrong? Right. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, people want to talk about how the fact that they don't trust autonomous cars and so on and so forth. I don't think that you guys understand what is actually under your hood right now. My question is, are all these computers talking? Well, that's what 5G could help enable. It can help enable a seamless communication, not only with the different with the different compacts of Computers, your vehicle, yeah. but with the vehicles around it. Okay, I don't know what my vehicle <laughs> is saying about me and mine uh-huh. to put my business out in the street to other vehicles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we even know? Well, as of right now, no, not completely. Audi came out with a with this story. Uh, let's see if I could check the date on here. Audi came out with a story um, this this month. It was in March where we talked about it, where they taught the cars how to talk to traffic lights and so on and so forth. Where in Las Vegas, right? Right. So they and at, Washington and Washington, DC, right. <laughs> right. where our Congress is. Just are you saying? trying to insinuate nope. something? No. Nope. I mean, are you nope. trying to insinuate I am that not. maybe I am not. Okay. Continue with your story. Uh-huh. Um this was talking about the fact that would be able to tell exactly when a traffic light was about to turn green and then they could bet the house on it. Huh? Now, why would I bet that? What? So I'm going to play odds on um, what <laughs> Well, that's what you just said. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, realize Vegas. Vegas you yeah, bet you bet anything. on all, right? You could bet on anything, right? I mean, I so mean, what? So what are the what are the odds? What are the bookies giving it for odds? I don't know. They okay. did not cover. Well, that you said bet the house. I, I thought I'd ask. I. I understand. It was called the traffic light information, and it was a feature that quickly outgrew the confines of Sin City. In early 2018, it was compatible with just about a thousand intersection across the United States. That number ballooned to nearly four. 1,700 during the year. Okay, how do I know if any of these intersections are near me? Well, there's a mapping system that you could go to. uh, If you had one of the compatible cars, there is actually like an app, and then you'll actually see it in your uh, dash if you're approaching or if you happen to, because most of the time they're in a cluster. 
Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Right. These are not like spread throughout. Right. They're in a cluster in certain areas, in certain cities in the United States. And that's a relatively small number. I mean, 4,700 4, uh, intersections, at, while that's impressive in one year, but by the same token, when you take the grand scheme of how many intersections there are in the United States, mm-hmm. that's still minuscule. Yeah. I mean, it was only in two in two cities anyway. So oh, I, Yeah, but I want to know if this is going to be in my city, and I want to know what it's saying about me if I pull up to the light. Well, you have actually had this kind of thing in the Volvo that was something similar when it was reading the the signs around. Uh, the vehicle I'm driving now reads the signs, but that that is tra- that is traffic sign recognition is what it's called. Right, but what I'm saying is with the 5G network, mm-hmm. your installation of devices right now, most uh, the cities when they're getting the new lights, when they're getting the new fixtures, mm-hmm. they're already enabled somewhat with a connectivity possibility. Okay, so say no to tech. No, what? Well, no. I'm just saying the city's I mean, known enough for my business. I mean, like a 1980 stoplight. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. You're going to, you're going to manufacture, like you're going to be the one to buy like one of those towns that have been abandoned for like 30 years mm-hmm. and make it the city that tech forgot. Y- you know what? Might be the only city when it all breaks loose where it might be safe. Right? I mean, when the rise in the machines is upon us. Uh-huh. We'll it will be a safe haven. It will be a safe haven. Mm-hmm. A place a 5G can't reach. Right. So, I mean, it is one of those things where with the constant c- connectivity that 5G offers, it allows something. So, if a crash was to happen, even if it's not an autonomous vehicle, okay, even if it's not. It could have it could give you the probability of what's ahead of you, what's around you, and make you alert to that. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the festivities for this week. On behalf of Sasha and myself, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roverly Drive Productions Incorporated.